Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 8, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have another up day. And when you boil it down to the intraday stuff, to the finer points of what's going on from a technical perspective, they did everything they were supposed to do today. They just did it in slow motion. We'll get back to that later. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Anything significant or material? They're above all the moving averages. We know that story. The trend is your friend. They're once again approaching the all-time highs. They're not that far away. The market, or Trick and Company, also known as the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew, they want you to believe everything is fine. They want you to believe they're going to make new highs. Now, they may make new highs, and they may not make new highs. We don't know yet. Just because they're up here doesn't mean they will. They can. Certainly, around the holiday season, the path of least resistance can be to the upside. But the other side of that is it doesn't have to be to the upside. After all, keep in mind what happened just this past Thanksgiving. Remember what happened during Thanksgiving week. They killed the market during Thanksgiving week. They never do that. And I know what's going to happen. I say never. Somebody comes out with statistics that proves me wrong. My never is really kind of a metaphor type of thing. They hardly ever do that kind of thing. Does that mean they're going to do the same kind of thing around Christmas week? Well, I don't know, but I've got my antenna up. Just because they did it around Thanksgiving doesn't mean anything going forward, but I've got the antenna up. Remember, there's another tinfoil hat event later in the month. All of a sudden, the people that made fun of the tinfoil hat stuff that thought I was bonkers, well, I am bonkers, but not for that reason. All of a sudden, they want to know more. It's funny how that works. Is there anything more we can say about the daily chart? No. We said everything last night. We said the rest tonight. There's nothing material on the daily chart. Remember last night, we looked at the 120-minute chart. They had not yet filled the gap. They did fill the gap today in the 120-minute chart. First, they didn't do it earlier in the day. Then they came back to do it later. They have a fake-out operation that they have to conduct first. It's just silly at times. They miss the number by a few cents, they pull back, they come get it later, and then they kind of telegraph what's going to happen. I'll get back to that later also. Hourly chart, same routine, same gap. You can see here more clearly or closely, they came close. The actual gap was 469.34. The high in this candle here was 469.29. They pull back a little bit, then they go up and do it later. And in the process, instead of getting rejected at the gap or pulling back at the gap, they continue on to go achieve the big fat round number. What's the big fat round number? 470. It's ES4700 or 4700. That's in the futures contract. Here you can see today's high on the button 470.00. No accidents nor coincidences, but we'll note, and most people wouldn't even pick this up, we'll note that where they closed, they closed above the gap, not below the gap, but above the gap. Now, we can't say definitively that means anything for tomorrow, bullish or bearish, but it's certainly not bearish if it's anything 
Closing above the gap is generally a bullish sign. They didn't have to do that. They pulled back in the last few minutes of the day. They could have pulled back to close below the gap, but they didn't. We see both sides all the time. Sometimes when they close below the gap, maybe that's a bearish sign. When they close above a gap, maybe that's a bullish sign. It's just one of those awareness things. What if they keep going higher on Thursday? What's the next price up north? Well, there's a zone between 470.80 and 471.40. It's bunched up up here. Maybe put those numbers on a sticky note. Here's a 15-minute chart. This gives you an idea of what happened today. Nothing happened today. They went sideways for the most part in a very narrow range all day long. So what about ITN inside the numbers? Well, even though the market was quiet all day long, we can learn stuff from inside the numbers. That's a guarantee. Plus, we're going to circle back to stocks on the move and review a couple of charts. It's hump day. Overnight, the futures paid a visit up to the big fat round number of 4,700, plus or minus, and pulled back. It was a plus. Then they goosed them up again. Remember, and this is a reminder, once they begin to get close to an important number, the magnetic force pulls them in. Whether it's in the northbound lane or the southbound lane, that's really what happens. All right, fair enough. Let's talk numbers. 468 and a quarter is important. Real quick, here's a five-minute chart right at the vertical is today's activity, and you can see that line is at 468 and a quarter. Well, you can't see it, but I'm telling you the line is at 468 and a quarter. You'll see that come up later. Even though it was a narrow range, notice what happens. They go back and forth. They try and get above. They test it. They can't get above. They can't get above. Once they do, now they're testing it from above. A pivot or an important number, a pivot in this case, is support and resistance. It's important. When price is below, it's resistance. When price is above, it's support. Opening below or getting and closing candles below opens the door for a quick test of 467.50. Same from yesterday. They did that too. I'm not saying that was a trade out of the gate. We're just saying this is what the pre-market or zero dark 30 notes were saying about the numbers and about the market. If it holds, the bulls can drive price back up in the northbound lane. It did hold and they did do that. Again, this is zero dark 30, so pay attention to the layout in the morning, and then what actually happened later in the day. If it doesn't, they'll pay a visit to the same 466 from yesterday. They didn't do that, and anything below that will handle in real time. They didn't do that, so it doesn't matter. And here it is. Up north is pretty straightforward. We've got the big fat round number of 470. Getting above is some other stuff, but they didn't get above. They hit it on the nose. All right, let's go forward. I'm going to scroll up, let you read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. From here, I'm just going to point out a few things and then let you draw your own conclusion whether this is valuable information or not. Day's getting underway, not a lot going on yet. By 9.45, we had two trades in the books. We'll circle back to stocks on the move later. So this is what I'm saying 15 minutes into the day. SPY in float mode at present. They really want to fill the gap, and the gap was at 469.34 officially. They really don't want you taking the ride up, so they'll make it impossible. I say that tongue-in-cheek, but that's the way it feels sometimes as traders. We all know that. 468 and a quarter is the pivot from a short-term perspective. Above, and the door is open for the gap, which is 469.34, 35, give or take. Now they started pushing up, and that's when they came up short. 
I said, here comes our 469.35. They went to 29, six cents short, and turned around until later on. Traders who want to short must realize they can also be drawn to 470 and spike it. So therefore, if you're going to short 469.35, you have to be willing to short about 70 cents higher. Personally, if I was going to take a short, it would have been at the 470 at that point. Well, they never even got to. They came up six cents short of that gap at 469.35. But this was the setup in my mind. And there it is. For the record, my price is this. They came up short. Could be a fake out. How do we know if it is or it isn't? We have a pivot. 468.25. How important is it for you to have something to lean on? I call it a pivot. You can call it anything you want. I have a number on most days where I can lean on it on the S&P 500. Meaning, if they start getting below, other stuff happens. Or if they start getting above, other stuff happens. It's a pivot. So all the way from this morning, as long as they're above that pivot, they're going to get to 470. Even though they did it in their own kind of way later in the day, they still did it. 1003, staying above, keeps the bulls in control. Same thing. Above the pivot, there's your targets. Below the pivot, no good. Now by this time, 1025, all things point to another run for the roses, meaning up higher in the northbound lane. I'm not expecting 469.35 to be all she can achieve in the northbound lane at this point. 470 could take time. Again, 1025 in the morning. This is what I'm saying, and think about what happened later. They ended up grinding their way up to fill the gap. Late in the day, they continued grinding their way up to exactly 470. Could take time, quote, unquote. If they get there in a hurry, could be a setup for a short. Well, they didn't do that, but I'm just saying I'm putting it out there just in case. Could a trader be long looking for these numbers? As long as they understand below 468 and a quarter, and the trade begins to look wrong or begins to be wrong. For the record, it's not for me. I'm not a buy high and sell high type of trader. I'm watching. That doesn't mean it's not for other traders. I know if I say above the pivot and they're going to get to this price eventually, there are traders that will take that trade, whether it with a short-term option, whether it with the ES or micro contracts, Anything like that, I know traders are doing it, so I put out as much information that I think can be valuable to a wide variety of traders. Just because I'm not in a trade doesn't mean the concept and the numbers of what I'm putting out isn't going to happen. And we're moving right along. There was nothing going on, nothing going on. They threatened to fall once or twice. And around lunchtime, you can see the writing was on the wall. I'm checking in. Nothing's going on. They're floating around. Who wants to watch that kind of tape? By 12.30, 12.27, again, here's what we're saying. This is for the trader that wants to take the ride. And by the way, the hourly chart is simply in a bullish, flaggish pattern. That's bullish, right? The risk is whether or not they'll need to run a test lower, even within that flag pattern, before time is off the clock to go higher. And you can see what's going on. I'm checking in again at 1.20, and that was it. I decided through executive decision, we had a board meeting. It was me, myself, and I. We decided to shut her down for the day. And they did the thing they were supposed to do, which is what I was talking about earlier in the video. Stocks on the move. We had a little bit of a healthy list today, but only two hit their entry objectives. We're going to take a look at 
SFIX, Stitch Fix, and CFLT, Stitch Fix. Now, you have to really step back and get a handle on this one. So the stock closed at 25 bucks yesterday. My number on the board, Zero Dark 30, is $17.98. That's like 32% below yesterday's closing price. It's a falling knife. Or is it? Is there such a thing as a falling knife? If you ask me, they're headed to a destination. Once they get to the destination, one of two things will happen. They'll either hang out for a cup of coffee, run sideways for a while, or they'll snap back or have a reaction back up in the other direction. And then you might say, well, can't they cut through the destination like a hot knife through butter? And the answer is, no, they can't. Then the destination was something else and you were wrong, or I was wrong, or whoever was wrong. 1798 plus a few or minus a few pennies was the destination. The low was 17.92. Here's a 15-minute chart. You get a little bit better of a picture. What was the high by 1045? $19.80. We'll just round numbers. Almost two bucks on an $18 entry. It's about 10% for you home gamers. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. That's why once we get our base hit, which is the scalp trade portion of the can turn into a day trade business, if you have the ability to hold a portion of the trade, a third, half, something, you get to participate in the rocket ride on certain occasions. Since it's the holiday season, we have back-to-back occasions. 6498 CFLT, the number on the board, bright and early, zero dark 30. What was low of day? How about 6410? My backup number, secondary number, how about 6387? They come up short of that, immediately turn around, back up in the other direction, and by 11.30 a.m., what's the high? 72.36. You heard me, 72.36. Rounding $7 on a $65 entry is more than 10%. You don't get these on a regular basis, but when you do and you're able to participate on a portion of the trade, these are the ones that make a good day into a great day. Look at this. Closing price yesterday, 73.08. Opening print today, 67.90. Pick off almost a low. Snap back in the other direction. How do you do that? First, you have to be a believer that they're headed for a destination. Then you think in terms of how much are they down, and now you start looking for what's in the neighborhood of a destination if they're down more than they're down in the pre-market. That's the formula I start every single day off with. So there were seven stocks on the board today and only two hit. I get that all the time. Yeah, but only two hit. Yeah, but two hit and two won. What do you want? More trades and have a lower percentage of winners? Or do you want a higher percentage of winners and less trades? It's a rhetorical question. We're only interested in taking the trades that occur at our numbers not somebody else's. Why is that? And here's the rub. Because the confidence level that I have that the stock is going to give us the minimum required base hit at the number, if the destination is correct and my number is correct, then we're going to get the minimum required base hit and more most of the time. And we're going to get that better than eight out of 10 times. That's the reason. I've done the math. I've done the homework. 
I have the stats, been doing this a whole long time. I have every trade that's ever been put out on stocks on the move. Whether I took it or not, I have every one, I have the statistics. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, here's what we'll say, which is part of what we said yesterday and the day before. If they get over this convergence of moving averages, in this case, it's the 200 period and 100 period, then they're going to likely go for the next convergence of moving averages, the 50 and the 20. So they didn't get over yesterday, but that doesn't mean they can't today. And they did today get over and stayed over these moving averages. Now, here's another roadblock. You have breakdown candle high. They ran a test of it yesterday, close to the high. They ran a test of it closer to the high or at the high today. But now, only a stone's throw away from what will be under normal garden variety conditions, a magnetic type of thing pulling price into those moving averages. Again, doesn't mean they have to get there, but think about what is there. You've got a convergence of moving averages, and you've got a gap almost at the same area. So the gap is slightly above the moving averages. Doesn't it make sense that the market wants to go get that gap, spike into the moving averages? That's type of a magnetic thing that most of the time will draw price in. It's almost like you have a full stack pulling things upward. Get back below the convergence of the 100 and 200 period moving averages, the ones they just closed over today, and that story changes and it goes back to a negative tone. For now, those moving averages essentially is our daily pivot. And here's what we're looking at. We have the top over here. And we have what is at present, not that they can't go higher, just at present a lower high. Now here's the SPY. You have the same thing in the SPY. We don't need this pivot from earlier today. You have the same thing, only slightly different. In other words, the SPY is closer to its all-time high than is the RSP, which tells you one thing. You have less participation. It's not a broad-based rally on the way back up to the double top area as it was into the first top in the third week or on, what is it, November 22nd right here. Doesn't mean they can't make a new high, it's just stuff. It's evidence. These are puzzle pieces. We want as many puzzle pieces as we can find to complete the picture that will tell us the bigger picture and next likely move for the market. That's what we're doing. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? They were down today while the other stuff was up, down about a third of a percent. The IWM was up almost two times or more than two times what the SPY was up today in percentage terms. So that's interesting. So my favorite market leading indicator was up leading the stock market, yet the second favorite market leading indicator and a number one favorite canary in the coal mine was in the opposite direction. We don't make a federal case out of a one-day thing, but we're watching, again, more puzzle pieces, sticky note stuff. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? So there was my original entry on the short. There's where they found support down at the former breakout area, no surprise to anybody. The surprise is coming back up to the original purchase of the short position in like two and a half days. But I'm not going to harp on this, but we're going to expect more of this type of thing, the rodeo markets going forward. Close above these pivots over here from the 30th, from the 1st, then guess what? They're going to start running a test closer to the all-time high. 
the financials. What's going on here? Yesterday, they came into the convergence of those moving averages, the 20 and the 50 period moving average. Today, they basically went sideways, a little bit of a pullback, but they're eating time off the clock. For what? To go through that 50 period moving average. And if she does and closes daily above all those moving averages, what's going to happen? Well, first thing that's going to happen is she's going to go right to 40 bucks and fill the gap. Once at 40 bucks, she's close to the all-time high, so you have the conversation one step at a time. Above the moving averages, it's the gap. Above the gap, it's the all-time high or close to it. That's the way it works. Smash Mouth, after the type of day it had yesterday, up a ton, and ton is a technical term, Today, it was down $1.36. It was just a rounding error. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. All we're going to say is she's in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with the SMH, and we'll leave it at that. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.